Turn your Bibles to the book of Jude once again. We're going to continue where we left off last week, looking at our blessed hope, the book of Jude. And as you're turning there, a pastor's car broke down. The pastor said, please take it easy on the, on the bill for the repairs for my car. Remember, I'm just a poor preacher. The mechanic looked at him. He says, I know. I was in service last week, and I heard you preaching. Poor preacher. Right, Charlie? Amen. So this morning, we are considering one of the most beautiful words in all the world, and that is hope. Hope. Hope is vital to no matter what we undertake, no matter what endeavor we go after. Hope is vital. But then you look at the flip side, and hopelessness has to be one of the saddest words in, uh, in the world. Going through life in a meaningless circle without hope is why there's so much depression today, why there's so much um, suicide. Both depression and suicide are at all-time highs, like never before. It doesn't matter if you're wealthy doesn't matter if you have authority, if you have power. The happiness of the present cannot cancel the fact that there is no hope for the future. So many today are just traveling in that meaningless circle without hope. Amen? However, for every born-again believer, if you're going through some heartaches and some hardships you're going to be all right. In Jesus Christ, we have that blessed hope. Let's continue to see why. It's a little uh, review of where we were last week. Jude, looking at verses 24 and 25. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. Now, as I said last week, the book of Jude really focuses heavily on apostasy. And again, apostasy is that, is that turning away, that rejection of godly truth, the rejection of God and his word. The book of Jude also prophesies of that that great falling away that God tells us about, not only in the book of Jude, but also in the book of Thessalonians, uh, we see that God prophesies of this, this great falling away from truth. And we see that unveiling right before our eyes today. But then God leaves us these two beautiful verses, these beacons of light in the darkness. It's as if God placed a beautiful rainbow right above those storm clouds. And again, for who? For you and me and every other born-again believer. Amen? He's telling us, you're going to be okay. Everything's going to be all right. And that's where we were looking last week. We started to look at the main question is why. Why is everything going to be okay? And we considered the fact that Jesus is sovereign. First and foremost, everything's going to be okay because Jesus is sovereign. We see here in verse 24, to him who is able. Who is him? 
He's talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. And what about him? He is able. He is able. Verse 25, to God our Savior. Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. Amen? He's also our Savior. To God our Savior, who alone is wise. Be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. All these things in verse 25, they speak of his sovereignty. Remember, a sovereign, sovereign means king. Amen? And Jesus Christ is the only wise king. He is the only good king. He is the only perfect king. He is the king of kings. Amen? And the Lord of lords. Jesus Christ. And the key is not that we are able. The key is that he is able. Remember, it's not our responsibility. It's our response to his ability because he is able. Not only is able, but most importantly, he is willing. Amen? Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundant above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. What is the power that works in us? His Holy Spirit. Amen? The moment that we humble our hearts and we receive Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, the Bible tells us that he gives of us his Holy Spirit. That's why we're able to accomplish what we can, able, uh, what we can accomplish for the kingdom. Not because we are able, but because he is able and he abides in us in his Holy Spirit. Amen? Now, there's going to be times when we encounter some hardships. There's going to be times when we encounter trouble. And some will begin to doubt God. Amen? We have to remember that God works according to his perfect ways, according to his perfect purpose. God sees all things. He knows all things. You know, we see things through a very limited perspective, but not God. Amen? God is above all. He has the greatest vantage point ever. Amen? Proverbs 14, 12. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Amen? Today, we turn on the news or, or watch a program, and, and what you see is and what you hear is someone's opinion, right? Everyone is quick to offer their opinion, but we need to understand the Bible makes it clear that there is a way that seems right unto man. You know, we may think we have all the answers. We may think we're doing the right thing, but God warns us the way it's going to lead us to death if it's contrary to his way. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Remember, Christianity is not the subtraction of problems from our life. Christianity is the addition 
of God's almighty power to meet those problems. Amen? It's an addition problem, not a subtraction problem. We have that blessed hope in Jesus Christ because he is sovereign and everything's going to be all right. No matter what we're going through, no matter the circumstances, we need to remember that God is right there in the midst with us in those circumstances, in those hardships, during those problems, during those hard times. Psalm 147, verses 3, and f- three, through, 3, 4, and 5. He heals the brokenhearted, and he binds up their wounds. He counts the number of the stars. He calls them by name. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding is infinite. Listen, God knows you personally, and he cares deeply about you. Amen? He's going to provide a way. No matter what you're going through, no matter the hardship that you're facing, he is going to provide a way. He is our mighty sovereign. And because he is our mighty sovereign, everything's going to be all right. Amen. Second reason why everything's going to be all right is because he is our security. Not only is he our sovereign, not only is he the king of kings, but he's also our security. Let's go back to uh, Jude 24. Now to him, again, that's Jesus Christ, who is able to do what? To keep you from stumbling. To keep us from falling. He is able to keep us from stumbling, from falling. This speaks of the believer's eternal security. Amen? If you are truly born again, then we have the promise of God's word that we are eternally secure. Ephesians 2.10 For we are his workmanship. We're his masterpiece. Amen? We are God's masterpiece. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. Amen? The moment we were saved, we became his masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus to do what? For good works. Amen? Which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We are his workmanship. Hebrews 12.2 Looking unto Jesus, the author and what? Finisher of our faith. Amen? He's not only the author of our faith. He's not only the one who did all the work for our salvation. He's not only the one that paid our sin debt. He isn't just the author of our faith, but he is the finisher of our faith. Remember, we are his workmanship. What God has started in us, guess what he's going to do? He's promised he's going to finish it. He's the author and finisher of our faith. John chapter 10, skip down to verse 27.
Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Listen to this. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. What does anyone mean? It's all-inclusive, isn't it? It means all. And what's all mean? All means all, and that's all that all means. Amen? Jesus declared that if you are his sheep, he has given you eternal life, and you will never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them, snatch you out of his hand. That also includes you. Amen? We are not mightier than Almighty God. No one is. If we are in Almighty God's hands, guess what that means? That means we are secure. No one is taking us out of his hands. Amen. That's our security. Think about how confusing life would be. How full of anxiety would it be to go through life not knowing if you're still saved every time that you messed up and every time that you sinned. Would that be a a joyful life? That'd be a fearful life, wouldn't it? Well, how many sins would it take for me to be taken out of God's hands? How many sins do I have to commit before I'm no longer saved? You see, all that's contrary to God's word. 1 Corinthians 14. God said that he is not the author of confusion, but the author of peace. Amen? Amen. Not knowing if you're saved or not saved because you sinned, that's confusion. God is the author of peace. He wants us to know for sure. If you are a child of God, if you have been born again, he wants you to understand that you are eternally secure and you can have that peace of Christ forever. Amen? He's not the author of confusion. He's the author of peace. Look at it this way. Right, a few, few weeks back, we, we looked at the body of Christ. We looked at the church. The Bible calls us the body of Christ, the bride of Christ. Also, we're called the family of God. Think back when you were a child. How miserable of a childhood would you have if you feared that your parents would throw you out of the family every time you did something wrong? What kind of childhood would you have? It'd be miserable, wouldn't it? Full of fear, anxiety, confusion, all those things. Absolutely, if you misbehave, guess what's going to happen? Your mom and dad, they're going to chasten you. They're going to correct you. That's out of love. Amen? But they're not going to throw you out of the family. The same is true in the family of God. Once we become part of the family of God through faith in Jesus Christ, we're never leaving. Amen? We are part of that family forever and ever. Period. Now, we look at the book of Jude. It begins and ends with eternal security. 
Start in the book of Jude, in Jude 1, he starts talking about eternal security. Right here at the end, verses 24 and 25, he's talking about eternal security. Everything in between, he's dealing with apostasy. Amen? An apostate is one who's heard the truth. An apostate is one who has heard the gospel. He's heard the good news of Jesus Christ. But he has chosen to reject it. Amen? He has chosen to reject it. And God does not want us to confuse any part of this. Amen? The apostate is one who has chosen to reject it. He's talking about eternal security at the beginning of the book of Jude, at the end of the book of Jude, and he's talking to those who have received Jesus Christ. Plain and simple. He wants us to know that the true believer is eternally secure. Not because we hold on to God, but because he is holding on to us. Amen. In those almighty hands. You know, I mentioned the beginning of the Jude. Go to Jude 1. Jude, the author of this letter, under the inspiration of God's Holy Spirit, he said, a bondservant of Jesus Christ and brother of James. Listen to what he said. To those who are called, those who are sanctified by God the Father, and those who are preserved in Jesus Christ. Sanctified. You know, it's interesting here. This is the same word in the Greek That's translated in verse 3 as beloved. If you look at verse 3, it says, Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation. That word beloved is the same Greek word that's translated in in verse 1 as sanctified. What does beloved mean? It means unconditionally loved. Amen? I don't think we put enough weight into the fact that God loves us unconditionally. That means no matter how bad we screw up, how bad we mess up, God still loves us unconditionally. Amen? He doesn't love us just because we're behaving or doing good. He loves us regardless. When Jesus went to Calvary and he was nailed to that old rugged cross, It wasn't because we were so wonderful. It was our sins that put him there. Amen? Unconditional love. It's a fathomless love. It's a love that is beyond measure. That's what the Bible means when he says, Beloved. How much are we loved? Jesus gave us a little glimpse in John 17. In verse 23. Jesus said, I in them, talking about every born-again believer, and you in me, he's talking to the Father, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. How much are we loved 
We are loved as much as the Father loved the Son. Amen? That's how much God loves us. Romans chapter 8, verse 38. The Apostle Paul, he said, For I am persuaded, I am convinced, beyond a shadow of a doubt, he's saying, that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. There is nothing that can separate us from the love of God. We were talking about unconditional love. Let me put it this way. There is nothing that you could do to make God love you more. And there's nothing you can do to make God love you less. Amen? That's the most simplest way to see it. Nothing that we can do to make God love us more. Nothing that we can do to make him love us less. He loves us unconditionally. Go back to Jude 1. So he talked about sanctification to those who are sanctified by God the Father. And then he also said who are also preserved in Jesus Christ. You notice he didn't say pickled. He said preserved. Amen. There's a difference. We are preserved in Jesus Christ. What does preserved mean? It means kept. It means guarded with loving care. We are guarded, we are kept in loving care in Jesus Christ. How are we kept? By those almighty hands. There is nothing more powerful than the almighty hands of God. Amen? And those are the almighty hands that keep us and they guard us. John chapter 10. Remember what Jesus said. He says, and I give them eternal life and they shall never perish and neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. What does all mean? All means all and that's all that all means. Amen. And no one is able to snatch them out of my father's hand. I and my father are what? One. Amen. No one is able to snatch us out of his hands. We are preserved. We are guarded. We are kept in loving care in the almighty hands of Jesus Christ himself. The sovereign. The security. Going back to Jude 1. It says we are sanctified. We are preserved, but he also said we are called. What does it mean to be called? Well, here in the Greek, in the original Greek, that word translated called here is the same word translated as summoned. Amen? We have been summoned of God. He has issued a summons, amen, to each and every one of us. 
And once we respond to that summons, once we've received Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior, we are immediately justified, and then we are immediately preserved in Christ. What has been decreed by heaven cannot be annulled by hell. What has been settled in eternity cannot be undone in time. Amen? The moment of salvation, we are immediately justified in Jesus Christ. And we are immediately preserved. He keeps us in his almighty hands. We need to understand that you and I, we were on the heart and mind of God even before he spoke the sun, the moon, and the stars into existence and put them in their place. Amen? The Bible says that Jesus is the lamb slain before the foundation of this world. That means God's plan of salvation was put in place before he even formed the world. We were on God's heart and mind before he hung those sun, moon, and stars. Plain and simple. Anyone know what the strongest geometrical shape is? It's an equilateral triangle. Amen? Three equal sides. Nothing stronger than the equilateral triangle. Three equal sides of strength. And this is exactly what God gives every believer. He provides every believer with a triangle of security. One side is his infinite love. The other side is his infinite power. And then the bottom is his infinite purpose. All held together by the triune God himself. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen? Almighty God. You say, but pastor, since, since I'm preserved in Christ, since I'm justified in Christ, does that mean that I'm not going to make any more mistakes? Does that mean I'm not going to sin anymore? <laughs> Absolutely not. We're all, gonna, we're all still going to make a boatload of mistakes. Amen? We're all still going to sin. We're all still going to mess up. Plain and simple. But not one of them, not one of those mistakes, not one of those sins is able to separate us from the love of God. And we need to praise God for that. You think of old Noah. Noah on that ark. There's no doubt Noah may, probably fell down many, many times inside that ark. But one thing is for sure. He never fell out of it. Amen. Why? Because when God told Noah to enter the ark, once Noah got in there, who sealed the door shut? God himself. Amen? And that ark is a picture. It's an illustration. It's a representation of Jesus Christ himself. Jesus is our ark of safety. He is our ark of security. We may fall down while we're in him, but we are never going to fall out of him. Amen. We are eternally secure in his almighty hands. Jesus Christ is our ark of security. He's that ark of safety. The Bible also tells us that after we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, 
Just like when Noah entered that ark, he, God sealed that door. The Bible says the moment that we receive Jesus Christ, we are sealed by his Holy Spirit of promise. Amen? He puts his seal upon us, telling everyone, including the Satan himself, that we are untouchable. Period. That means we're going to be all right. Amen. Jesus is our sovereign. He is our security. And lastly, he is also sufficient. You think about all three of those attributes. They all support one another. Because Jesus is sovereign, I am secure in him and his salvation is sufficient. Amen? Go back to Jude 24. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Again, the Bible declares that we are his workmanship. And God is doing a work in us every single day. We may not realize it, we may not understand it, but we need to know that God is doing a work in us every single day. That work is not to make us happy. That work is not even to make us healthy. The work that he's doing inside of us is to make us holy. Amen? He is trying to mold us into the image of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We're to be conformed to his image. And God is molding us each and every day. A few moments ago, I talked about we are sealed by his Holy Spirit of promise. That makes us untouchable. You say, but preacher, what about Job and what about all the other Christians, what about the trials that I'm going through now? Guess why God allowed them? Because he's doing a work on you. Amen? We are untouchable unless God allows something, some type of hardship into our life. With Job, we see that Satan had to approach God and get God's permission to touch Job. Amen? And the same is true for each and every one of us. The same is true for you and I. No one can touch us unless God allows it. And if there's some hardship, if there's some trial in your life, you need to understand and you need to trust in God and allow him to continue that work in you. Amen? It's not pleasant. You know, think about if we were diagnosed with cancer. It's a horrible, horrible disease, amen? But say we got it early enough, and the doctor said, we can go in and we can cut it out of you. Is that going to be pleasant? Not at all. Is it going to hurt? Is there going to be some recovery time? Absolutely. Let me tell you something. The same is true when God has to cut some things out of our life that shouldn't be there. It's going to hurt a little bit. But the end result is it's going to make us better. It's going to conform us into the image of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. One day when we are, we're going to be caught up into glory, 
The Bible says here that he is able to present you faultless. We are going to be faultless just like Christ himself. Amen? Can you imagine that? To be as pure as Jesus Christ. It's hard to even fathom. We're not there yet. Amen? But on that day, when Jesus comes and he gathers us up, we're going to throw off this old flesh. We're going to throw off this old sin nature. And we're going to put on that new glorified body. Amen. Perfect and faultless through the blood of Jesus Christ. We think about salvation. We need to understand that salvation is really a three-step work of God in us. Amen. We didn't do any of the work. We are saved by grace and grace alone. Saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Salvation is that three-step work of God in us. Once we take that first step and we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we're immediately justified in the Spirit. And then over time, we continue to grow and we are progressively sanctified in our soul. And lastly, at the rapture, when Jesus comes back for us, we are going to be ultimately glorified in our body. Amen? Sanctified in our spirit. We are, uh, or I'm sorry, justified in our spirit, sanctified in our soul, and glorified in our body. It's at that point when that last sin, those last traces of sin, they're going to be put away forever and we are going to be presented perfect and faultless without spot, without blemish. Amen. Jesus gives us a, a great picture of that in Ephesians 5. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and he gave himself for her. So God is making that analogy again. We are the bride of Christ. Amen. And God is making this analogy so we can understand this process. Love your wives just as Christ also loved the church who is his wife. We are the bride of Christ, his bride. And he gave himself for her, for us that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by what? The word. Amen? This is Christian tide right here. Amen? This is what cleanses us. Plain and simple. Sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word that he might present her to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. Amen. Do you see that picture there? Because of Christ and because of that three-step work that God is doing in us, 
We are justified in the spirit. We are sanctified in our soul. We are glorified in our body so that we can be presented to Christ, a glorious bride, without spot, without wrinkle. God's salvation is sufficient. Why? Because it transforms us into that perfect image of Christ. Right now, today, amen? There are times that I may not look saved. There are times that I may not act saved. There are times when I may say things that a saved person shouldn't. Amen? We're still wrapped in this flesh. Remember, just because I'm a pastor doesn't mean I'm any better than anybody. I'm going to slip and fall. I'm going to fail God. And today, we may not, at times, look like we are saved. Look like we're without spot and without blemish. But just wait. Because he's not finished with us yet. Amen. We are his workmanship, and he's doing that work in us every single day. Philippians 1.6 says, He who has begun a good work in you will complete it. Until the day of Jesus Christ. Amen. He is the author and finisher of our faith. What he has started in us, he will finish. Amen. And the Bible says that we will be just like him. We put on his righteousness. We are going to be pure and spotless without blemish, completely righteous and holy, just like him. That's the work that he's doing in us. Sometimes he has to cut some things away that we bring into our life that shouldn't be there. That's why he allows those hardships, so he can cut some of those things away. It's not fun when we're going through it. But we have to have faith and trust him and understand he's doing some work in us. Amen. He's doing something in us to make us more, to mold us more into the image of Christ. And one day we're going to be just like him. We're going to be all right. Amen. Why? Because Jesus Christ, he is our blessed hope.